appreciate it. Uh, so this week, uh, tonight's guest is a former foster youth who was born into a home of addiction in 1980. At three years old, her dad left, and at five, she was put into foster care. Um, she was in and out of foster homes, women's shelters, and an orphanage till she was 15. And when she was given the opportunity to model in Italy, she did. She continued to use modeling as her stepping stone to travel the world as a model. And at the age of 18, while in London, she was first introduced to the world of documentary filmmaking. Please welcome to the moon and back filmmaker, Tara Dowling. Hey, Tara. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry that I uh, my technological skills are not as good as yours probably are. <laughs> but everyone's uh, kind of used to it. I'm working on it. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, so so um, I saw your TikTok story, which I want to show it because I think that's important. And, and then we'll go right into it. But let me try one more time, people. Uh, be patient with me. I'm going to try it one more time and see if I can get this correct. Let me see. Which one is it? Uh, Let's see if I can get this right. And this way, uh, okay, share screen. Okay, um, this is love, is it? Or life is what you make it? This is love, no? Oh. Uh, life is what you make it? No. Life this is what you make it is my personal story up till about like 18 or something, okay. yeah. All right, so we'll try that and see. I was trying to make it bigger, but I don't know how um, because then it will be easier. Can you see that? Everybody can see that? All right, let's see. Okay. Uh-oh. It's not working. What happened? Did I do something wrong? Uh-oh. Tanya is messing up again. Let me try it again. Uh, let me try it again. I don't know why, of course, the one time I needed to work, it doesn't work as well. Um, life stories. Let's try it again. Okay. Oh, maybe the sound's off. No, the sound's not off. You heard Huh, that's really weird. For some reason, it just stopped working. I have no idea why. So let's stop that. And we'll just go back right straight to the interview because I don't have no idea why that stopped working. So guys, forgive me. Um, I don't know why I'm not able to share that, uh, but it's the sound. Something's off with the sound. Could be my could be my computer. I apologize. Um, but so I guess you'll have to share just a pinch yeah, of your personal story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you. Um, so your personal story, tell us about the story you was going to show us on TikTok. Yeah. So just to give a backstory, I started TikTok about a year ago because I experienced going through foster care, having a mother that was an addict, um, struggling so much to try to make sense out of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I brought this footage that I was collecting and my story to TikTok to see if it would help anyone else. Mm -hmm. So the, the video that you were going to show was just kind of me taking that one minute, which TikTok was doing before. And now they give you three minutes. Right. And it was just to kind of give a glimpse into my life, like to, you know, if there's kids that were going through something similar or whatever, that they would see that and maybe resonate with that and just feel some sort of comfort. So it just kind of was a story of, you know, being born into a home of addiction. My dad left when I was three. I was put into a foster care at five because social services felt like my home life wasn't safe enough for me. Mm -hmm. um, I have siblings. I don't mention them that often because it, it's um, a privacy thing. I've given right. them their own privacy. Right. And for me, my healing journey and like what I've chosen to do is to share the story of my life. So, well, thank you. Um, yeah, so then um, 
15, I pretty much got into modeling and also started reconnecting with my mom. So at five years old, I was put in my first foster home at 10. She signed us over to the government because she just wasn't getting better. She was going to rehab and she was trying to put her life together and it just wasn't working. And I think that she felt at that point that, you know, maybe it was better. We had a stable, a stable home, <laughs> which, um, you know, if anyone has gone through foster care, they probably know that, that it's like not that stable often. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think social services was trying to figure out how to give us something that would help us to function. <laughs> and so at 15, I got the opportunity to go model. Um, now how'd you so get permission? That's what so I was asking. I'm actually, I'm skipping one part, actually, because when I was 12, I in Canada, we get the choice. Um, you get to stay what say what you want to do with your life. And so I was given the opportunity to say whether or not I wanted to um, be adopted or to stay in foster care. Yeah. And for me, I wanted like to not be labeled as a foster kid anymore. And I thought, well, if I can be adopted, then I can be normal. Right. And so I was really just seeking out normalcy. But I didn't really know what that would feel like. So I got put into a pretty perfect seeming home. But it um, they were just expecting to have somebody that didn't have any history or any baggage or any emotional problems, mm. um, almost like a clean slate. And, you know, I had already lived so much of my life having a lot of trauma that it just, you know, is inevitable that I would probably lash out at things or, you know, have severe depression and things like that. So the adoption didn't happen, but I did get a social worker that became a, a guardian to me to this day, you know, I call her my second mom. Um, she was the one that when I got scouted, you know, I was lying and saying, I was like staying at my friend's house. I was 14 uh -huh. and I went out dancing that night and I got scouted and um, it was a agency close by my home. And so I told my social worker, okay, well, I really want to model and this is an opportunity. Like, can I do it? And she says, well, I need to come with you. You know, I'm your guardian. I need to make sure everything's okay. <laughs> Good excuse to get to Italy. <laughs> well, she didn't come with me to Italy, but she came with me to Calgary. So this is in Canada. And she oh, just, so okay. okay. Yeah. So she checked out the agency and she was like, okay, well you can start, you know, taking these classes and like going with this agency. And then my agent had found me this modeling agency in Milan. And so I was taken over there at 15 with the permission of my guardian, because at 16, I, well, I started living on my own at 15, a year earlier than you're allowed right. legally. Right. But my previous foster parent vouched that I was a mature 15 year old. Right. And so I got to move out a year early. <laughs> I was I was really good at making that seem like I was, but I think I was, you know, I, I took care of myself a lot. So I don't know how you did it, girl, in Italy, because those guys over there, especially when I used to live in, in uh, oh, my God, I used to live in Paris. Oh, my God. Woo, woo, woo. And you go to Italy. Those guys are like handsome and they're charming. And you're like, before you know, you're like, wait a minute, they're older than me. Hold up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I was really fortunate. And people ask me this a lot because, you know, the modeling industry when I started was very corrupt and there was a lot of drugs and there was a lot of like older men with the young girls, yes. but I was 15 going on 16. So I was at that age where I was just a little bit too young. Okay. So I was more taken well, in. For who? Because uh, I know there's a lot of, like Karen models. They had a lot of stuff, a lot of places, uh, allegedly, even though 
the guy got you saw the guy who uh hung himself recently the guy i forgot his name uh i forgot his name i forgot uh i forgot his name bruni i forgot his name but uh he he uh john 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 somebody i forgot his name agent actually i knew him he was the agent i didn't hung himself that's that's sad okay well i mean uh, that's what they say. I mean, you know me. Uh, but I'm just saying you're lucky you missed. I don't know how you missed those that mark as beautiful as you are and, and were then. I mean, I can't imagine how uh, you were blessed, I'll say. You had an angel looking over. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely have had a lot of, I would say, guardian angels throughout my life. And I've had a lot of protection and I've been very lucky. And I've also had to experience some, you know, dodgy situations, but yes. I had street smarts. So thanks, yeah. <laughs> thanks to the upbringing I had. <laughs> yeah, I think because of foster care and being moved around, I know for me, oh, it was easy for me uh, being on the street or being in in um, you know, whether homeless, whether being in the modeling business, no matter where you, what game I'm in, I'm like smarter than most people because I've been around a lot of yeah. you know, weird monsters. I'll just say, um, and it kind of helps in a weird way. So there's this thing, yeah, in my healing that I got taught about that's called hyper vigilance, I guess it's it's called. Yeah. And so we're constantly uh, analyzing our surroundings for danger. And that happens from being a child with trauma. So, you know, although there's so many negative things that come out of those experiences, some of these things actually protected us, you know? And, and so like when you can learn to love and appreciate those elements of yourself, that even though they came from horrible situations, like, I'm grateful that I have a deeper sense and awareness of my surroundings. <laughs> Talk about it my Maybe sometimes to a fault, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> well, that's why I teach foster youth too, to take all the um, trauma and the drama and turn it into a positive. You know what I'm saying? So there are jobs that are good to be hyper about, or there's jobs that's good to be always, hmm, not trustworthy. There's certain things. Yeah. Like if I was in banking or something, you know, I'm, I'm making it up, but there's certain things you can apply. Those were not negative skills. They were protective skills and put them into something that, that moderates to today's uh, field, uh, whatever you're doing. So I think it's good. Um, so TikTok, um, that's interesting. Um, how has that, that changed the game for us, didn't it? Because your, your TikToks are amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I just posted yesterday was my mom's birthday and, you know, she's, she's been gone now for three years and it was a sad day. And, you know, it's, it's so nice to know that you can, you can turn to this app and you have all these people that are supporting you and loving you. And like, I got so many wishes to my mom in heaven, you know, and, and that felt so nice for me to just know that like she was remembered and she's been cared for and like being able to share her story with others has been so amazing. So I, I love the app. Now you, you, um, actually, so you got equipment when you were, um, in Italy or when you were modeling, you know, I guess you must've saved up from the modeling money to get the equipment because yeah. equipment can be expensive. Um, and then what, what got into your head to say, you know what, um, I'm going to document this. Was it when your mom called you in 2004 and, and said she hit rock bottom, you know, I may not be around much longer. And, and, and did you say, well, I want to share this, remember this moment for myself. And then it turned into something or you just, uh, you had the idea before. It's a, that's a great question because actually it didn't even start with film. It started with wanting to write. So I was like, I was like such a young kid writing notes on how to change social services. And I was so proactive about this. And I was like, I'm going to change this. And then I was like, okay, well maybe I got to write a book. 
And then when I was 18, living in London, I, I watched this documentary on addicts. And it was the first time that I ever saw like the nitty gritty style of documentary filmmaking. Right. And I was like, oh my God, like they don't do that in America. Like they're so censored. And I was like, but this is how it has to be shown because this is reality. Yes. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to share my story in film. Mm. And so then I started taking small little crash courses on documentary filmmaking. Mm. I started, you know, using a little bit of my money from modeling to put myself through that. I got my tax money actually bought me my first computer so that I could edit. Mm. And then I also bought like my first video camera and I had like a big video camera because it was back in the day. Right. <laughs> My mom actually, she didn't want me to film her at first, you know, because she, she was ashamed of, of right. how she would look and like what her lifestyle was. And, and I can completely understand that. But I just, I just kind of kept going, like moving forward. So I, I started turning the camera on myself. Okay. And just getting skill sets of, I would take my camera everywhere, all these modeling auditions into nightclubs and like, so wow. yeah, I doing that and then in 2004 after I'd already you know had like six years with this camera um my mom then called me and she was willing to do the film and wow. I think that she wanted to do it at that point just because she wanted to help others you know right. like yeah. Yeah. wow well that's amazing um what was the blessing of modeling the the blessing for me when I aged out if I wouldn't have had that on I would have been homeless quicker <laughs> oh, yeah you know, I got in some sticky situations, like, um, at 15 year old me within an apartment, um, you know, almost getting, uh, like getting drugged, potentially yeah. getting drugged by this gang. And like, it was very sketchy the way that I was growing up. And I was so grateful because this modeling uh, opportunity took me away from like a very sketchy neighborhood and living situation. And yeah, it almost kind of kept me safe. Wow. And oh, wow. That's uh. I tell you this, I always think we have angels watching us because uh, some people don't even believe the stuff that foster youth go through when they age out. They're like, really? You know, people didn't believe I was homeless one time when I, because I, you know, I had already modeled and I got a long story with my hand. I lost use of my hand for a year, so I couldn't model with, I don't know, with a cast on my hand. Uh, and so um, people didn't believe me because I had like a Chanel jacket and like really nice stuff. But I was like, I got that on a, doing a gig, you know, like that's not, I didn't pay 10,000, 20,000. I didn't pay for this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but people did not believe me. They were like, yeah, right. And I'm like, I'm really serious. And, and then I had to couch surf for a while. So I, I, I don't know how, when I look back, I'm like, how do we make it through that? I have no idea. So foster youth must have some kind of angels over them. As long as they, there's the two things. Were you able to avoid the drug scene? Cause that's the big, that's to me, the big, uh, the big hard one. I you mean, I, I dabbled a little, I was definitely scared of the hard drugs. Right. Um, but I had crazy experiences like where a boyfriend had heart palpitation issues and like it freaked me out so much that I was like, I'll never touch that again. Like that's where I say those kind of like, you know, angel situations come in. It's almost like life experiences happened to make me not do something. Right. So, yeah. Right. I never, I, I thankfully didn't get too into anything. I just well, tried God. a little bit. Stuff, and then I was like, no, not for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, well, for me, I didn't like anybody. I felt like all my life I was controlled and told what to do. And I felt like uh, when I watch I, my mom, you know, was on drugs. She was a heroin addict. And uh, I felt like, you know, I had to be told what to do because of this situation. The last thing I wanted 
is to not be in control. And I felt like everybody I, you know, I worked for a while. I worked for Studio 54 for a little while. I worked for different places after modeling and between modeling. You know how it is. Sometimes you don't, you don't get that Wilhelmina gig right away or it doesn't pick up. You have to do other things. So um, I worked in the club world for a while. And, um, you know, thank God. <laughs> I never, I said, I do not want to be at, I would see people do things that I know they only did because they were on drugs. And I was like, that's never going to be me. So that's how I avoided it. But uh, by the grace of God, there you go. I, as they say. So um, I wanted to uh, go to a, uh, a video break um, um, and come right back and finish talking to you. Uh, do you guys mind for a minute? I'm just going to go for a little, little video break. Let's see if I can get this right. Okay. I got this one for real. Uh, so we're going to go for a video break and I'm going to play, um, let's see if I can get this here to screen. Um, okay, here we go. It's a new artist. Uh, let's see if I can get it right. Share. Okay, here we go. Got that right. Come on. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Love of my life, my soulmate. You're my best friend. Part of me, like breathing, now half of me is that I don't know anything at all. Who am I to say you love me? I don't know anything at all. Who am I to say? Thank you. 
What's up, everybody? Don't the same. It don't matter oh, what the yeah. weather's like outside. Oh. Today's a people. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that, guys. The technical difficulties. Um, so you're watching On the Town with Tanya, and I'm back. I'm here with Tara Dowling, uh, creator of... Um, of a new documentary that is coming out, uh, dealing with uh, her, uh, I guess you would say, coming to fruition and acceptance and forgiving um, of, uh, you know, mom uh, being uh, in, in addiction and coming through recovery and, and her uh, having a 360 turn of making, you know, making sure other kids who go through it can see the compassion and, um, you know, um, I think this what this documentary is going to really change things for a lot of kids who, you know, I go on these different sites where kids um, sometimes they seem like angry or they're not quite sure what to do with this whole thing of being the child of an addict. Um, and I think you show from what I saw um, how to just take it and accept what whatever it is at that moment. Um, you know, if the parents in recovery, if they're having a hard time struggling to be um, understanding instead of judgmental. And I love the way you were so um, compassionate with your mom. You know, you really was very forgiving and like, um, what's the word? You know, uh, not where where you were walked on. There's a difference. You know what I'm saying? Where some people are like, oh, yeah, I forget my mom. And then you're, they're still doing the same things to you. And you're like, and now you're putting yourself in danger. So not like that but you were able to really walk hand in hand with her in her last moments. And that's what's so special about this documentary. So, um, you know, um, I hope we'll be able to support you on that. Uh, what do you think is the correlation between foster kid, foster youth uh, and addiction? Um, Cause I find that yeah. is. Um, there is this thing that happened when I was in foster care and it was, this statement that you would hear quite often is you're going to turn on your parents. Mm -hmm. And that idea, putting that into any child's head that they are going to already be an addict or they're already going to be a criminal or they're already, you're telling them that that's what they have to look forward to. And that is wrong with right. how we should be treating these children, you know, empowering them, letting them believe that they are the creators of their future, you mm -hmm. know, and so I see that, you know, they give up and they, and they think, well, if I'm going to just turn out like my parents, like, why should I try? You right. know, if, if I, if, if my life's not going to be good. So when things get hard, all they've ever seen is that the way that their parents coped was using drugs. Right. So when things get really hard, you know, their role models taught them just don't deal with it. Numb yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. So we need to teach the kids how to not do that how to just feel these emotions, how to get through difficult times in life. Everybody goes through difficult times, mm. but if you don't have anyone teaching them, don't have strong role models, they're not going to know what to do. And so I really think that that's what happens a lot of the time. It's just these poor kids coming through care just don't have anyone to look up to, and they don't have anyone that's pushing them to believe in themselves. Right. So when you don't have a strong support system, like how are you supposed to get through anything? You mm. know? Mm, exactly. A support system is a very, very, uh, very key thing. Uh, and I think it's a key that, you know, people like yourself um, who've been through it come back and give our gifts and talents and whatever that is. I mean, I've, I know a guy who was in care and 
you know, um, all his life and he became a designer and it's streetwear, but he's brilliant. The young kid is brilliant. He's like 20 something years old, young kid, very brilliant. And now he hires other foster youth to work with him. I mean, that's giving back too. So I think us reaching, you know, going back, reaching and teaching is so crucial. hundred percent. Yeah. And so to be honest, like if we've gone through what we've gone through, you know, like I think we're all pretty amazing people, you know, with so many skill sets and so much creativity. Like we have to be creative on survival. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. you know, and, and like there's just such potential to yeah. be out of what we've experienced into art into other things and so like it's just harnessing that getting people to believe in us and like helping those that are like going through it now to pull themselves out and like you know mm. hand. I think that is amazing and well I think also you don't go through something uh for nothing you know mm -hmm. it's what we make out of it you know so if you sit and play violins and you know you get the sad story but you can um you know, everybody sits for a moment and cries and processes and, you know, feel the hurt and the pain. But at some point you got to pick it all up, wrap it up into a big package with a bow and you got to put it out there and say, hmm, now what is my gift? Because I think every human being has some gift that somebody else doesn't have. I really truly believe that. And I think that whatever your trauma or drama was that growing up in life has something to do with with that gift being, um, uh, your gift, you know, if I can say it like that. So I don't know how, but I try my best. Um, you know, I run a small not-for-profit uh, for foster youth and I try my best each kid that I encounter to, to tell them, you know, find your gift because whatever you're going through is just a little macro thing of what you're supposed to really be doing. That's super big and super, you know, you're a warrior. Like, you know, like, you know, you're a warrior. If, and and it does, there's not a lot of people who can say that. A lot mm -hmm. of people go through what we went through and they wouldn't make it, you know? So um, I think that we should give more credit to foster youth, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was, uh, do you remember the first um, time that you actually went into care uh, and what that feeling was like? Yeah. So um, I actually made a little video about it because, you know, things stir me even today as an adult, you know, and, and I remember these moments that... Mm -hmm just be like a small little glimpse sometimes but it actually happened with my dog you know because he was a foster dog and I had to like give him back and it was that moment just you know feeling tossed you know that like nothing like just being so transferable you know and um I was five years old so I I don't have a ton of memories but I just I remember being in a car mm -hmm. and I remember looking back and seeing my mom in tears and just feeling like torn apart from this person without really understanding why you know like why am I being driven off and like why is my mom so upset and like what is going on because obviously you don't know what foster homes are at that point you know <laughs> like right. so you're being put in this like stranger's home and then everything's weird um but I remember you know I had some good homes and mm -hmm. you know, some that were just not a really good match for me but they were good people and I think my first home you know, I would have to say a lot of religious people kind of become um, foster parents, which is yeah. great. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I didn't have a strong religious background. And when, I remember going to church with them, you know, mm -hmm. and I remember that they bought me like new socks and underwear. And I was so excited about that. <laughs> like, There's the small things that you remember as a, as a little kid. And then there's like things you remember as a teenager in care. And there's like, the stories are very different, you know? <laughs> yes. yes, that's what I was going to my next question. Do you remember the exact 
day that you aged out? Um, so I, you know, did a attempt, I attempted suicide when I was living in the adoptive home because I was just going through way too much that I just couldn't handle it. And I remember feeling like, like I was letting way too many people down. You know, these people, I was like their last chance at being their kid, you know, mm-hmm. of them having a family. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, you know, go through with it. And I had tremendous amount of guilt. And then the guilt of like, leaving my mom behind or like making her feel like I just didn't want to be a part of her life anymore and then being a teenager and so anyways I I, I attempted to kill myself and then thankfully the social worker that I mentioned earlier stepped in and she was like okay well I really need to find the right home for her because she's very on uneasy ground right now right very smart about this so she really dug in and she found me a single mom Mm-hmm. that I had never fostered before. And so the, the other thing was you come into a home mm-hmm. and you're pretty much treated how all the other kids have been in the past. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just all this baggage of bad experiences from other kids thrown on you. Like, oh, they're probably going to steal. Yes. Yes. All these and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, all I want to do is like get through every day and just be loved. Like, right. Anyone like I understand that some kids you know do bad things because they're hurting, but I wasn't that kid. I was like opposite. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was just trying to make everyone happy around me so they'd love me. And and anyway, so she found this single mom who had no previous experience. So I came in. I had a clean slate, and right. I was rusted. And I was just you know I felt safe. I didn't. I had issues with male figures, so I didn't have to worry about that all of a sudden. Right. I really thrived in that home and and still to this day, she's in my life, but that was my last foster home. That's the one that, you know, pushed for me to be able to go to independent living when I was 15, because she actually wanted to go back to school. And so they were going to put me in a new foster home and she knew that I, I probably wouldn't have done well. And that I was, it was probably better for me to go on my own than to go into another foster home with just what I was dealing with, you know, like all the kind of emotions and stuff that I had from all the other homes. So. Well, wow. Well, that's amazing. Uh, You're lucky you got to that one, uh, that one good one, at least. Um, You know, I hear so many stories on on the gambit of uh, horrible foster homes, okay foster homes and great foster homes. Um, And it's, it's always a gamble for us. Like as soon as we get to the door, it's like, okay, let's see how this works. Uh, You know, and then you make it through the first night, you're like, okay. So barring anything happening, it could be good or very, very bad. Um, I have a lot of trauma stories uh, for people in foster care. Um, So, you know, it's always a gamble. But I would like to try to find that, um, try to play that video again of yours, because um, I don't know if it's my um, computer acting up or what's going on. But let me try it again. Guys, I'm going to try to show you um, which one, Life is Making or This is Love. Which one are we doing? Let's see. Um, Which one? Let's see. Let's try try love because we we tried the other one. So okay, let me try it again, guys. Here we go. Let's see. I can get this right. I share my screen, Uh, and it goes here. This is love. We said. All right. Let's try it. Okay. There we go. All right. Why won't it play? I don't understand what I did wrong. It played before. Let's see. It's not playing. I have no idea why. Stop sharing. I have no idea why. Can you try the other one? I'm sorry, guys. Video because that one's quite cute. So that is a moment where my mom meets my social worker, who became my second mom. Okay. After you know, 
I've already been in this woman's life now, like 22 years or something like that. Like, wow. And the thing that really sets my mom's personality and character apart was that she could have been so jealous of this relationship that I had with the woman and also so ridden in her own shame or guilt Mm -hmm. to feel like, oh, well, she didn't give me this life, but somebody else did, you know, Mm -hmm. but instead my mom said, you know, I just want you to know how much I love you. Right. Thank you. You know, And, and that speaks such volumes about like how much love my mom had for me. Right. I that know she wanted me to have a good life, regardless if she could give it or not, you know, that's why I wanted to show it because I, that's how I, that's exactly what I felt about it. And it's very crucial. I'm determined. Uh, so I'm going to try it one more time. Uh, guys, forgive me. I know I'm being obsessive here, but I have to share this um, because it's that good. This is love. I don't see if it's me or maybe if I go to it, this is love. Yeah, I'm at it. Okay. I wonder if I have to log in. Maybe do you think? Uh, I don't know. When you press the play, it just doesn't play. No, it won't play. And it did before. So I maybe because I didn't log in. Let me see if what happens if I log in. I don't want to do that. Ugh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. I apologize, guys. Let me try the other one. Stop sharing. Let me see if the other one at least work. I can't believe this. The one time I needed to work, of course. You know how it goes. Oh, this is love. Life. Life is what you make it. Let me see if that. If this doesn't work, that means it's me. Yep. That's what it is. It's the, I think it's cause I didn't log in um, previously. I believe that's what it is. I apologize. Well, you'll just have, if the viewers are watching, they'll just have to go to my TikTok channel and watch them. Oh, that's right. <laughs> what is your TikTok channel? That's my TikTok what... handle is addiction underscore talks. Addiction underscore talks. T-O-K? T-A-L-K-S. Yeah. Oh, T- oh, talks. Okay. I got it. I got you. So we're going to put that in there. And we're going to put that like this. And now, guys, you can go there. Addiction Talks. That's correct. Mm-hmm. If you want to see the uh, document, um, documentary. Well, that's going to be a part of it. But that's if you want to see some of the footage. It's great stuff. You have to check out her TikTok. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, and I, I'm still trying to figure out how is she doing this? But I forgot. You studied film. So it's a little bit easier for you than somebody who has not. Uh, so great job. Well, uh, it's- a learning curve. I've had to do a lot of YouTube videos to learn how to do certain things that I'm still learning every day because it's such a new app and like how to use their tools and like, yeah. So sometimes I spend like, you know, a few days making a one minute video and then other days it's just like quick and easy. Yeah. But I haven't been as active because I'm actually back in school right now. So. Oh, good for you. That is awesome. I, I think that's, uh, you can never get too much education is the way I see it. Yeah. Um, mine's young. <laughs> do it while it's young. You said while you're young. <laughs> well, it says that you know. Well, Alzheimer's and other things that if you keep your mind active, yes, it's great for that. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I know you said you can't mention your siblings technically, so not their names. We don't want to know their names. But you did find them. Is one question? Just I can ask that at least. You you found them. My siblings and I, we have a great relationship. Um, there was no real big separation. One one brother was actually raised by his father's family. So, so they have um, two of my brothers have two different fathers, and then one has the same father. Um, and we've all processed our own childhoods kind of differently. Okay. Um, They're always... Sorry? That always happens. Yeah. But we've all managed to, you know, 
not have to live off social services, which is great. You know, <laughs> we've right. all. That's a miracle as a farmer foster. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's as you know, when you don't have anybody to back you up sometimes when you have no money and <laughs> you know, it's it's yes. difficult. No. Um, so I'm really proud of all of us. And you know, we all spent my mom's last Christmas with her. Oh, you um, did? We did. It was one of my mom's dreams, and oh. I instigated that happening. And so, you know, it was one of the best days for my mom and yeah, there was just, there's a lot of love between all of us. And and I say, you know, the reason I think that we all managed to be okay is because that even though my mom really struggled, she loved us. And that was very clear. Wow. That's, yeah. uh, that's amazing. And you got to document that. Um, out of privacy again, oh. and just, you know, the same with my mom's passing, there's just certain things that I don't feel needed to be shared. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but I did take some photos, you know, I have all of our feet together and I recorded my mom speaking about it after, oh, which was really awesome. beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Cause it's like a way of preserving her um, legacy and making her feel special that she, you knew she was special because you had, she had you, you know what I'm saying? People think, um, you know, just because someone's an addict that, oh, you know, oh, you know, I'm mad or this and that. And I'm like, no, my mom had me. She could have supported me. She could have been like an alley, had me thrown in the garden. Anything could have happened. And she didn't yeah. do that. So I'm always, uh, you know, putting her in queen status because I mean, how many, I know stories that went left. Uh, so we have to be grateful um, that they birthed us. And, and I know it must be very hard for a woman to just, you know, have to come to like my mom, we have a very similar story. Um, you know, my mom had to give us up. Um, and I'm sure that's, uh, that's not an easy thing to come and look at where your kid is at and pretend like you're somebody else. She thought I didn't know who she was, but I found out I was right. My foster mother told me before she passed that you were right. That was your mother and your aunt. She was just wanted to see where you were living and if you were okay. And you know, that was the time where she wanted to make sure that it was okay for to let go. Um, but I, I can't imagine how hard that, you know, that was to give up your beautiful babies. You know what I'm saying? That's not an easy thing to do. You know, it's very unselfish actually. Uh, when you look at it, even if I, as a kid, when you first say, well, why are they giving me away? You know, you, when you look back, you're like smart woman to give me away, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, think about what, you know, what life you'd live if you were on the road with her in, in, in the height of addiction. Mm-hmm. That's another road. That's a whole nother road. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So kudos to your mom and, um, and um, may God bless her. Um, that, and you for having such a big 360 turn is amazing. Thank you. That's absolutely amazing. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know. That's amazing. I think it's going to be awesome. Do you, when do you think you'll be done with the documentary? Well, about- I had projected it to be like this week, but um my editor is now off for the project for a little while so i'm back editing it so okay uh, i don't this year that's Uh my plan um you know if i just chip away every day at it i I, it'll get done hopefully sooner than towards the end of the year but um probably within the next couple months okay good 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 deal so i'm gonna go to a video uh break i don't know why i I think it's because it's tiktok that i can't play that video I, and I'm not sure if I had to queue it up again, but I can't do it while I'm on the air, obviously. So that's kind of not good. Um, I'll figure out something for next time, um, how to play that video, because it's so powerful. Um, and I, it's really annoying me that I can't do it. I can't figure out another way. Um, but I'm going to go to a sketch city break. Uh, 
and um, and then uh, we will come back in a moment and end the show. All right. I hope you don't mind here. Let's see. Uh, let's see if I can get this one right. Let's see. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. So here we go. Let's share that. Okay. And... <laughs> <clears throat> One spot for two under the name Clark. What's, What's up? It's two, two people. Uh, Clark, it should be, should be there. Oh, What's, What's up? up? I've got a voucher. <laughs> oh, Mr. Clark. Yeah, yeah. Okay. None of these tables. None of these tables. watching on the town with tanya i'm your host and that was a lovely sketch by uh let's see the original sketch was created and performed by uh, channel four copy so hey that was it 
Um, so thank you so much, uh, Tara, for hanging out with us. Um, how can we support you in your in your in your work? Is there a site to go to? Are you crowdfunding, or or you're just taking it one day at a time? Yeah. So um, I did do a little bit of a crowdfunding, so I don't have that campaign up right now, but. Okay. You can follow the story on TikTok or go to my website. Um, you can subscribe there mm -hmm. and I can keep you up to date with any kind of like um, happenings with the film and when it's going to be released and supporting me with that. Okay, awesome. I appreciate you uh, so much for taking the time and for, you know, giving back uh, to foster youth. Um, I want to invite you to our event on May 20th. Um, at what time is it? I guess at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we have an event where we raise awareness about foster care. But I'll, I'll inbox you about that. Um, but I think what you're doing is awesome. Hopefully it'll be done by then and then we can tell. Yeah, that would be great. That's <laughs> awesome. That'll be everybody uh, in the foster care field. So that'll be awesome. But I'll get back to you on that one. Um, but in the meantime, anything else you want uh, my viewers to know um, about whether it's about addiction, being, being in foster care, or your documentary? Um, I just say that maybe my biggest takeaway was to really allow myself to feel what I went through without mm -hmm. to push it away. And I, I think more that we can really sink into feeling our feelings and, mm -hmm. and being with them, you know, as a friend, the mm -hmm. we're going to try to numb them and we're going to make better choices. Mm, that's where do you get your content from? I saw you do a lot of stuff that's very therapeutic, I call it. Um, do you, is that just from your personal experience or? Um, yeah. are, okay. I, I read a lot of books. Um, I'm constantly searching for different kind of therapists or things like that have helped me along the way that give me little good tips. Right mm -hmm. now, if I could recommend one book for any person that's gone through any kind of trauma in their life, it's called The Tao of Holy Feeling. Oh, wait, the tat, wait, say it again, the cow. T-A-O of huh? fully feeling. Fully feeling? Fully, F-U-L-L-Y. Fully feeling. Um. Okay, and where do they get the Amazon? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it on audio, um, audible. And it it's helped me to understand how to not, not push my own experience away from feeling shameful of projecting that on my mom you know like I was way too protective of my mom to say like what I went through was so traumatic you know because mm -hmm. that it would make her look bad right and in reality I wasn't able to heal a lot of those parts of myself with without saying well that was not okay mm -hmm. so this book really helped me to to learn how to be able to kind of blame my mom without feeling guilty about it and without making her look bad you know like it was an experience that happened and I needed to say that that was not okay for my own healing. Mm, that's amazing. I, I, I'm, uh, you guys should probably check that book out. That's for anybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people that are in their, their families and it's dysfunctional. So I think that helps a lot. Thank you. The Tao yeah. of Fully Feeling. Uh, thank you. Me. <laughs> oh, thank you for taking the time. I know you're up in Canada, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. So yeah. I, what time is it there? Uh, it's uh, almost six o'clock. Oh, okay. So you're, you're behind us. Okay. That's a good thing. Well, we thank you very much for taking the time to come with us. And uh, guys, if you do me a favor, go to her TikTok, um, like, subscribe, share her videos. They're amazing. It, whether Even if you're not a foster youth, 
Um, even if you're in a family that's going through difficult times, I think you can get something from her TikToks. They're amazing. Uh, and she's amazing. Uh, and we thank you so much. Go like and subscribe on the town with Tanya. Please share the video because we believe sharing is caring. Uh, and there's somebody out there who's hanging on to the last string and might say, oh, well, maybe I'll be inspired. So please share. I really appreciate it. Um, it's not really so much for vanity as it is for, I believe, information is key to uh, saving or changing a life. So in the meantime, I thank you guys for watching and Tara, hang out with me for a minute as we go out. Thank you guys for watching. Um, if you got any uh, questions, you know how to inbox me uh, on the town with Tanya uh, at gmail.com uh, or inbox, inbox me on Facebook. You know, everybody knows me, so go figure. Uh, but thank you very much for watching. Like and share and subscribe to On the Town channel. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.